Welcome to episode 261 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, author of What, When, Wine, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine. And I'm here with my co-host, Jen Stevens, author of Fast, Feast, Repeat, the comprehensive guide to delay, don't deny, intermittent fasting. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and jenstevens.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice or treatment. So, pour yourself a cup of black coffee, a mug of tea, or even a glass of wine, if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Hi friends, I'm about to tell you how to get my favorite electrolytes for free, plus special announcement, Element's new chocolate medley is here. So when you think electrolytes, you might think summer and hot times and needing to stay hydrated. But did you know that hydration is actually super important in cold weather as well? There's an idea out there that cold weather reduces our hydration needs. That's not true. So in the cold, two main things can actually increase our metabolic rate. You may be working harder, tramping through the snow, and you can be wearing cumbersome winter clothing that can actually raise your energy needs by 10 to 20%. And as your metabolic rate raises, your sweat rate raises, and you need to replace those fluids with electrolytes. You also lose more water when it's cold through your breath. That's because cold temperatures contain significantly less water than hot temperatures, aka it's drier outside. When you breathe in that cold, dry air, your respiratory system actually acts like a humidifier so that your body can be warm and humid like it likes to be. Of course, that drains your hydration reserves as well. One study actually found that respiratory water loss after a full day of activity nearly doubled at freezing temperatures compared to the 70s. On top of that, when you're cold, you actually become less thirsty, possibly from blood vessel constrictions in the cold, which can trick the body into thinking the blood volume is higher than it is. In other words, it's cold out there. You probably need hydration. And electrolytes are so key for all of these cellular processes in your body, all of your energy production. It all requires electrolytes, but it can be hard to find electrolytes, which are clean, without unnecessary fillers, and which you can feel good about drinking. That's why I love Element. There's a reason I'm obsessed with it. There's a reason all you guys are as well. And like I said, I'm so excited because Element's new chocolate medley is here featuring chocolate mint, chocolate chai, and chocolate raspberry. And this is a limited time, so you definitely want to stock up on these now. Plus, you can get a free gift with purchase when you purchase that chocolate medley or other Element electrolytes. That's right, you can get a free sample pack, eight single serving packets for free with any Element order. It's a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. You can get yours at drinklmnt.com slash ifpodcast. That's drinklmnt.com slash ifpodcast. By the way, those chocolates in that chocolate medley make delicious hot chocolates. And of course, as always, Element has a no questions asked refund, so you have nothing to lose. So go to drinklmnt.com slash podcast to get your free electrolytes.
One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumers, from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond, rigorously screening every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean, and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed. But with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 261 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Jen Stevens. Hi, everybody. How are you today, Jen? I am fantastic. I've got some very exciting news. I think I know what it is, and I'm excited to hear. We are moving again. (laughs) Well, look, it's been over two years since we moved. It feels like we just moved. But, I mean, by the time we get moved, it will have been, like, over two and a half years in this house. So, (sighs) and we only moved eight-tenths of a mile. So we're moving out of town. We're moving to South Carolina. We're moving to the beach. And I am so excited. We found a house. This week, and we're under contract, and now we just need to sell our house and move, and we're downsizing this time for real. 
which is thrilling because last time you were too. Well, I wanted to downsize last time, but I couldn't find the right house to downsize into. So we upsized. We ended up in a 4,900 square foot house. Okay, nobody judge, but (laughs) now that we've been here and going to the beach and being in our little tiny cottage that's like 900 and something square feet, I've realized how little I really need. So the house we're buying is 2,700 square feet. So it's 2,200 square feet smaller. So not quite half the size, but similar, almost half. But I mean, just slightly more than half is what I'm trying to say. And so I am getting rid of so many things. And here's a tip for our listeners who probably all know this already if they're like me, but have an estate sale, get an estate sale company to do your moving sale. I mean, they sell everything that you don't want to take. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's fantastic. So I don't have to like anything I don't want to take, literally anything. I just don't pack it. And then I I leave. Whoa. And then they're doing an estate sale with everything else that I don't take. That's so cool. Wait. Wait. So wait. So you just pack and leave and then leave and then they do everything? Yeah. We arrange it around the closing of the house, and we're tentatively on the schedule because we don't have a closing set yet, but yeah. So what about the stuff you leave that's not sellable? They they toss it? The company that we are using, they're just a local Augusta company that does a couple of these every month, and they have a contract with a, someone who buys them out at the end, anything that doesn't sell, and they tell them how much the buyout's going to be. So it's like, all right, we got this much left over. You're going to give us this much money for it, and the people say, okay. So they don't like donate it or anything. I know another company that we talked to, they just donate what isn't sold. And I'm like, well, I don't, it depends on how much that would be. But this company, they have that relationship with the company that does the buyout and they always buy it out and they don't argue about the price. They just pay what they say because it's good stuff. Hmm. Why did my family not do that? Oh, wait, wait. So wait. Okay. I know so little about moving. How does it affect the next person moving into your house? I mean, not at all. They just move in after the sale. Wow. Why did my mother not do this? Maybe she didn't think about it because I've always thought of estate sales as being like when somebody dies, you have an estate sale. But someone in our neighborhood just, I don't know, some point last year had an estate sale. It was a giant house that was like a really old house. And it was like like this mansion, amazing house from like, I don't know, 100 years old, beautiful house. They were having an estate sale. And I was like, I just want to see that house. (laughs) So we went to the estate sale. They were actually moving to the lake. So they were downsizing. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I didn't even know people did that. So that's a very helpful tip for moving people. Yeah. It's very exciting. And, you know, we don't need so many of the things. Like, I'm not going to have a formal dining room. And I'm not going to have, I mean, it's just not going to be any formal spaces. Just very casual beachy living. We'll need to get some new stuff because not everything we have is going to going to travel, but we're like we're taking stuff out of the den and stuff out of the master bedroom and then our personal items and like today I packed the books I want to take with me. You can't even tell that I packed them because the library and the bookshelves in the halls are still like fully stocked with books. Wow. Well, that's exciting. It is exciting anyway. So many changes. Chad's retiring. It's just Will's coming with us, so it's going to be nice. And I have a room that's going to be my podcast studio in my office. It's on the third floor of the house, and it's just the only room up on the third floor. And it's just going to be for me up there. I can't wait. Is it an attic? 
it's not an attic. I mean, there's attics on either side of it. It's like in the little peak of the roof. And I guess they could have turned it into an attic, but instead they turned it into a bedroom with a bathroom, and then you have attic access and a closet in there. Very cool. Well, keep us updated. That's exciting. It's very exciting. I can't believe it's happening. Anyway, hopefully send positive thoughts for sale. Master's Week is we're recording this in a couple of weeks, you know, obviously before it comes out. But Master's Week is here in Augusta. And house sales usually take off right after Master's because people in Augusta don't really think about moving (laughs) until after Master's because they rent. Yeah. Like all my neighbors, the neighbor across the street who is now mowing, if anyone can hear mowing, they didn't rent, but we didn't rent. But everybody else on all the sides of us, a lot of the neighbors rent. Like we have a golfer staying next door. A famous golfer? Yes. Nice. (laughs) I cannot reveal who it is. (laughs) But it's funny, all week in Augusta, like you see a lot of Mercedes vans driving around because a lot of people come to town, businessmen come, and it's just a different kind of week. Very cool. So what's up with you? Well, I have a very exciting announcement. I think I announced this on the last episode, but I was sort of fuzzy on the details. So now I have all the details and this is perfect timing because this ends tomorrow if you're listening on the day that this episode comes out. So we officially launched subscriptions for my Peptase supplement. I have all the details. It's very exciting. It's the biggest discount we have had yet on the Serapeptase. So you get it 25% off. And not only do you get it 25% off, you get it 25% off for life because that's how it works. And it actually, not only do you save money, but it saves on time and it helps support sustainability of the planet, which is super exciting to me. And that's because the way we set it up is you get three bottles every four months. So it saves on shipping and emissions and all of that stuff. So you can pause or cancel at any time. So there's literally nothing to worry about. My partner originally had it set up that you had to at least wait one or two cycles, I think, before canceling. But I was like, no, no, no. I want to <laughs> I want to have it pause or cancel at any time. Yeah, there, there's really nothing to lose. So I'm, I'm really excited. And oh, by ending tomorrow. So We'll have the subscriptions as an option ongoing, and the subscriptions will always be discounted, but it's not going to be 25%. So if you want that, like sign up right now. You do get that 25% for life unless you, like if you cancel and then rejoin, then you'll rejoin at whatever the current discount is, which will not be 25%. So yeah, that's my big announcement. And um just for listeners who are not familiar, although I feel like you're probably overwhelmingly familiar by now, but serapeptase is a proteolytic enzyme created by the Japanese silkworm. You take it in the fasted state, so it's very fasting friendly, and it helps break down problematic proteins in your body, so it can really help anything where your body is reacting to proteins. So that's why it can be really good for allergies, clearing sinuses, brain fog, scar tissue, reducing it. There have been studies showing it can help reduce cholesterol and break down amyloid plaque and help with wound healing, and it's just really, really all the things. So that's the thing. And um, also, I know people are eagerly awaiting my magnesium, and that will be the next big thing. And it's not that far away. We're in the very final process right now of locking down everything. And my last baby teaser, which I can talk about more in the future, but I'm really moving forward with 
the EMF blocking product I want to make where you can put your phone on your nightstand at night and still receive calls so you don't have to put in airplane mode, but you will be protected from the EMF coming from that because so many people sleep with their phones. Like I'm very wary and concerned about our exposure to EMFs in general, but like if I were to think about everything, I I think probably the most problematic daily or nightly thing that people are experiencing is at night when they're sleeping with their phone right by their heads. So I'm very, very excited. It's like, so that's all the things, all all my little entrepreneur stuff. Yeah, I really think that our house, I think I've talked about this before, the master bedroom is right next to the where the, all the electrical comes in. I won't tell that to anyone looking at the house. Hey, everyone, check out where the electricity comes into the house right by the mat. No, anyway. It's just something I never would have thought of before. Yeah. But it's right by the master. Yeah. Even with me, the electrical panel for my apartment is in my bedroom. And so I I purposely set up my bed so it's on the opposite side of the room. But still, I think it can have a huge impact on a lot of people and they, they might not even realize. Yeah, that's probably true. And now I'm like, where's it coming into the new house? <laughs> I'm gonna have to look, look and see where that is. I think all the the lines are buried in this house, so that should help a lot. It won't be like it definitely won't be by the master because it's it's a raised kind of a house, like like a, the bottom floor is like garage, and then there's you know like a lower level living down there. But the master bedroom is up, like the main living level is really the second floor. That's where the kitchen and the living room and the master are there right in the middle. Nice. Actually, there's something you might want to get for your house. Do you use, I don't think you do. You don't use any like grounding mats or anything like that, do you? I do not. I just walk on the beach a lot. Okay. Oh yeah. And you'll have that. That's amazing. Walk outside barefoot whenever I can. Yeah. The reason I was asking was R Blank, who I had on the show, runs the company Shield Your Body and he makes EMF blocking products. And he just created a product. A lot of people use grounding products And they actually feel like it's making them worse, grounding mats and grounding canopies and stuff like that. And it's because if they're not, it's it's a few different things. He has a whole pamphlet about it, but it can actually be made worse based on how it's plugged in (laughs) and like what is actually feeding it. It can make things worse. So he has made this thing that fixes all of that so that you can use grounding products and not get the, the negative effects. I can put a link in the show notes to that. I think I have a coupon too, so I'll put a link in the show notes. So shall we jump into everything for today? Yep, let's get started. So to start things off, we have a question from Deetra, and the subject is Weight Watchers, question mark. And Deetra says, hello, my name is D. Oh, it's D. My name is D, and I've read two of Jen's books, and I've been intermittent fasting for two months and feel great. I'm not weighing myself or counting calories, just judging the progress on how much healthier I'm feeling. I know you state over and over not to calorie count, but a friend asked the other day if I could use Weight Watcher points with my food window to make sure I'm staying within a healthy range. And I tried to look it up, but I couldn't find a whole lot of info on how that would work to fuse them together or even if I should. So that's my question. Are there people who do both to increase weight loss? Or is that something you would discourage because it's tantamount to counting calories? Thanks so much for the podcast. And tantamount, I need to integrate that into my vocabulary. That is an excellent word. 
It is a nice word. <laughs> well, Dee, thank you so much for the question. I'm glad to hear that you're feeling great after two months of intermittent fasting. So you asked, are there people who do both? I'm certain there are because there are people who count calories with fasting. There are people who count macros with fasting. Personally, I would encourage you not to just because whenever we have these external measures of how much we are, you know, quote, allowed to eat, that teaches us to disregard our body's hunger and satiety signals. So let me talk about how it causes you to disregard both of them. And I've never actually done Weight Watchers. I've definitely done calorie counting, but Weight Weight Watchers is similar. You know, you've got points and you have like a point budget for the day and you can have like, I don't even know how many points it would be, but let's say the answer was 22. I don't know, 22 points. So you're encouraged to eat no more than 22 points. For me, I'm going to relate it to when I was calorie counting. Let's say I was trying to do a 1,200 calorie a day, you know, diet, and I'm counting my calories or whatever. When I was counting calories, first of all, it led me to a lot of processed foods just because those were easier to count. I'm not sure if the same is for Weight Watchers as well, because I know, you know, certain things are zero points, and those are things they want to encourage you to eat, like, you know, fruits and vegetables. But I know that it steered me towards more processed foods than than I would normally have eaten just because they're so much more easy to count. Also, I would eat something just because I had, you know, calories left over, even if I wasn't hungry. I'd be like, well, you know, I've only had, you know, X number of calories today. I'm going to eat something else because I can. And so that taught me to override any feeling of I've had enough just because I had calories left over. So with points, I know a lot of people are like, hey, I have points left over, so I'm going to eat something else. So again, the goal is really to reconnect with your body's hunger and satiety signals within your eating window. So if you're still hungry, you're going to eat more. You're not going to say, well, I'm still hungry today, but I've already eaten all my points, so I better not eat anything else. If you're still hungry, we want you to eat more because not every day, you know, our, our needs are not the same from day to day. You know, somebody today in my community was talking about they had been on a 5K this morning and they ran a 5K and they were done with the 5K, and then they were really hungry, so they decided to open their window earlier and have a longer eating window. And so that's what she's doing. She's listening to her body. She's hungrier. She's eating more. She's going to have a longer window. So I would really encourage you to give up all those artificial ways of you know managing what you're eating and really listen to your body. Look back. I imagine you've got Fast, Feast, Repeat. If you've read two of my books, that's probably one of them. Go back to the chapter on calorie counting. And every time I use the word calorie, insert the words Weight Watchers points and really think about how you want to teach your body to let you know when you've had enough instead of relying on an external counting mechanism of any type. Because that's really the goal. You know, animals in the wild do not count calories and they know when they've had enough. So what do you have to say, Melanie? I think... That is excellent. I'm glad you pointed that out. That never occurred to me, the thing about how it would actually encourage you to eat more because you can fill out your your points. Oh, that was me. I would have been, if I had done Weight Watchers, I'd have been the person like eating all the zero point stuff nonstop. I would just be eating zero point stuff all the time. And then I would like have 22 points of ice cream or something. <laughs> that would 
probably be the way I would try to game the system. That's so funny. I mean, if you know, if there's going to be a, a number limit, I'm going to game it. Hi, friends. I'm about to tell you how to get 10% off my new magnesium supplement. Magnesium is such a crucial mineral in the body. It's involved in over 600 enzymatic processes. Basically, everything that you do requires magnesium, including creating energy from your food, turning it into ATP in the mitochondria, boosting your antioxidant system. Magnesium has been shown to help with the creation of glutathione, regulating your blood sugar levels, affecting nerve health, muscle recovery, muscle contractions, supporting cardiovascular health and blood pressure, aiding sleep and relaxation, and so much more. It's estimated that up to two-thirds of Americans do not get the daily recommended levels of magnesium. And on top of that, magnesium deficiencies can often be silent because only 1% of magnesium is actually in our bloodstream. So that might not be reflective of a true magnesium deficiency. Our modern soils are depleted of magnesium. We're not getting it in our diet. That's why it can be so crucial to supplement with magnesium daily. I wanted to make the best magnesium on the market and that is what magnesium eight is. It contains eight forms of magnesium in their most absorbable forms. So you can truly boost your magnesium levels. It comes with the cofactor methylated B6 to help with absorption as well as chelated manganese because magnesium can actually displace manganese in the body. My Avalon X supplements are free of all problematic fillers, including rice, which is very, very common in a lot of supplements, including some popular magnesium supplements on the market. It's tested multiple times for purity and potency and to be free of all common allergens, as well as free of heavy metals and mold. And it comes in a glass bottle to help prevent leaching of toxins into our bodies and the environment. Friends, I wanted to make the best magnesium on the market, and that is what this magnesium is. You can get magnesium 8 at avalonx.us and use the coupon code MelanieAvalon to get 10% off your order. That code will also work on all my supplements, including my first supplement that I made, serapeptase. You guys love serapeptase, a proteolytic enzyme created by the Japanese silkworm that breaks down problematic proteins in your body and can help allergies, inflammation, wound healing, clear up your skin, clear brain fog, even reduce cholesterol and amyloid plaque. All of this is at avalonx.us. That coupon code Melanie Avalon will also get you 10% off site-wide from my amazing partner, MD Logic Health. For that, just go to melanieavalon.com slash mdlogic. You can also get on my email list for all of the updates. That's at avalonx.us slash email list. And I'll put all this information in the show notes. All right, now back to the show. So it's really interesting. So I have not done Weight Watchers. It's so funny. I had a friend growing up in middle school and high school, and she was always doing Weight Washers. I remember she would show us the food list. I wonder if this is still on there. It had things on the list that, I mean, this could be wrong. I feel like it had like Stingray or something. Like it had all of these. That might be a really old list. Like my mother did it back in the day, like in the 70s, 80s. And she had this old Weight Watchers book and it did have crazy stuff in there. I remember she would like show us when we were like, what? (laughs) Yeah. I think they've modernized their lists and they have like a million different plans and lists and programs. They keep reinventing it. So that's what I was actually just going to talk about because I'm looking at their website right now and I'm wondering when they introduced this. I was trying to figure out when, but I couldn't quite figure out. So, because they have introducing new zero point foods. What's really interesting about the zero point foods, it says that it's personalized to you. So you'll get a different list, but the list I find this so interesting. So the list of zero-point foods includes something within these, non-starchy veggies, potatoes and starchy veggies, fruits, 
low-fat or fat-free yogurt and cottage cheese, brown rice and whole grains, avocados, fish and shellfish, oats and oatmeal, poultry, whole wheat pasta, noodles, tofu, tempeh, corn, popcorn, beans, peas, lentils, eggs. Do you know how much food I would eat? And it would be, I'd be like, I had zero points today and it would have been like 5,000 calories or something. I don't understand. It's funny because, I mean, it's just, it's basically all whole foods. Well, whole foods are good. Whole foods are are really, really good. You know, I wonder how this works. So you get unlimited of that and then you get also your points of like other stuff. How does that work? See, the zero, the zero points would be tripping me up, right? I'd be like, everything I ate was zero points. And I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to have 22 points of pizza. (laughs) That would be, I think I always knew I would do it wrong. That's why I didn't even try it. But what's really interesting though is in theory, I mean, you could combine fasting with Weight Watchers, the zero points system only, and then it basically would be fat. Like it would just be eating unlimited of whole foods, which is what fasting is. Well, the goal is we want you to eat foods that are delicious, nutritious, and satisfy you. Yeah, which is sort of what this list is. And stop when you've had enough. (laughs) Although I wouldn't be having any fat-free dairy. No. I did not mean to say fasting is eating nutritious whole foods. I meant an approach that would work for a lot of people with intermittent fasting is to eat, quote, unlimited because it's too satiety, ideally, from my perspective, from whole foods, which is sort of what this zero point list is. So yes, I think we're we're team not combining. I mean, you can if you want to. I know people have, but you know, just like I know there's people who count calories in their window, there's people who follow diets in their window, but the goal is to get away from that. And so, you know, the freedom of intermittent fasting is adjust your window until you find a window that gives you weight loss and you don't have to worry about what and how much you're eating. You really, when you get your window dialed in, you're going to have something that really works for your body without having to do all that counting. Yeah. And I would actually also suggest, so I don't really suggest calorie counting, combining it with fasting in general. The exception might be if you've been doing fasting for a while and you've plateaued. I think something that might could work for people is not calorie counting every meal because then you're just basically doing calorie restriction. But instead of doing straight up ADF, I think something that could work would be every other day or a few days per week calorie counting the meal rather than every single day, because then you're sending your body that signal in general, the feasting signal, but then having like being a little bit sneaky and having a few days in there where it's lower calories, I think that might could work for some people. And yeah, that's the down day option of ADF, the 500 calorie down day. I guess to clarify, I was saying like you could do it and not necessarily make it like 500 calories. Like you could make it, you know, like a thousand or maybe not go to the extreme of the ADF, of the down day approach. Yeah. And if you do have a down day with 500 calories, the next day needs to be an up day. Remember that, everybody. It needs to be at least two meals, and it needs to be probably eight hours or more. I wouldn't try to restrict on a day after a a down day. Yes. Agreed. All right. We have a question from Tyloria, and the subject is, why do I get so cold during IF? She says, I've been doing IF since December, and I've lost 14 pounds, 3 inches in my waist, 2 inches in my hips, and 2 inches in my bust. My endocrinologist recommended IF to me, and when I saw her last week, I was shocked at how much weight I had lost. My A1C went from 7.3 to 6.7. 
My current weight is 203, and I'm looking forward to being under 200 pounds for the first time in 20 years. That being said, I have had a new experience. I get extremely cold, especially at night. I'm so cold that it's uncomfortable for me. I live in Mobile, Alabama, where the average temperature is 70 degrees plus and humidity averages 70 to 90 percent. But lately, in the evenings around bedtime, I'm so cold I have to put on my heater and socks. I have a small heater under my desk at work that I keep running all day. I have read a few things online that talk about your body heat being diverted from your extremities during the digestive process. I have also read that this indicates fat burning or even ketosis. I have also read that it may be low iron or low blood pressure. When I started this, I listened to a few podcasts by Dr. Andrew Huberman. I think he mentioned your book, Fast, Feast, Repeat. Okay, pause. Do we know if this is a true statement? I don't know if that's true, but if it is, that is... Can we find out? I don't know. I read that and I my jaw dropped. Well, if it's true, I'm amazed. And so I hope it's true. Okay, for listeners, I'm sure there's people... So, I mean, he has like the number one health podcast normally. I'm such a fan of him. Listeners, if you listen to his show, I'll, I just said I'm such a fan. I don't actually actively listen to his show. I more listen to him on other people's shows. Listeners, if you listen to his show and you've heard this episode, can you let us know? That would be amazing. I would love to listen to that and hear what he says. I bet he didn't. I bet he recommended something else. <laughs> but it's good. It's possible. It's po- Anyway, I love that the book was life-changing. I'm friends with his agent. I want to be like, <laughs> I want to ask him. That's crazy. Okay. Well, if anybody knows, let us know. <laughs> yeah, that would be like really mind-blowing to me. So anyhow, I also love that her endocrinologist recommended IF. I mean, that makes me so happy that doctors are recommending IF. Anyway, we go back to the question. She says, when I read your book, it was life-changing for me. That being said, I trust your opinion and your research. You covered every possible scenario, but I don't recall info on this topic. Actually, it's there in the frequently asked questions section, but that's way in the back. So I could see how somebody could miss it, but it is there. She says, my brain is analytical, so if I understand the science behind what's happening to my body, it makes sense to me. I would greatly appreciate any insight you could provide. I do subscribe to your podcast. And she also says, can you all let me know when this question will be answered? Thank you. I'll answer that. The answer is no. You just have to keep listening. We're answering it now. Yep. (laughs) Today. All right, Tylora. So thank you for your question. Okay. I did a bit of research on this, which I'd actually talked about this. Now I'm curious. I think I talk about this in What When Wine as well. And I want to revisit what I say in there. I think in there I talk about the blood flow aspect to the extremities, as well as the correlation to longevity of low body temperatures. That said, I did some more recent updated research and this was very interesting. So I found two fun studies that I read through. One is called lower core body temperature and greater body fat are components of a human thrifty phenotype. And the other is core body temperature, energy expenditure, and epinephrine during fasting, eucaloric feeding and overfeeding in healthy adult men, evidence for a ceiling effect for human thermogenic response to diet. Okay, let's go through this. So question, Jen, what percent of our basal metabolic rate do you think contributes to maintaining our body temperature? This was, I did not know this. Huh, that's interesting. I don't know. I'm just going to guess 15%. That's what I would have guessed. It's 50. Really? So you would have said more like 15 as well. That's amazing. So about half of our daily metabolism 
is just maintaining our body temperature. So that's a really interesting concept to think about. So the way it relates to all of this is, yes, people (laughs) while fasting often get colder. And I think the primary reason for this isn't so much, well, I guess it depends how you look at it. It's kind of like a glass half empty, glass half full. Is it that you're getting colder or is it that eating makes you warmer? Because across the board, when people eat, there is something called diet-induced thermogenesis, which is basically heat production from the eating process. And people's core body temperature consistently tends to elevate when we eat. So if you are eating throughout the day, you are presumably going to have a higher resting body temperature than when you're in the fasted state. And what's really interesting and what one of these studies was talking about was, and I'm going to preface it by saying other studies have not found this, so there's conflicting findings, but one of these did find that there's two phenotypes, like the thrifty phenotype. And so that's like their body is less likely to lose weight, more likely to gain weight. It's kind of like trying to protect you from future starvation. And then they have the spendthrift phenotype, which is more more laissez-faire and more easily burns calories and loses weight. And so between these two metabolic states, the thrifty phenotype people tend to get colder while fasting. And then interestingly, when they eat, they don't get as warm. So their bodies... You said that's the thrifty phenotype doesn't get as warm because I get so hot after eating. So yeah. And do you get cold while fasting a lot? Yes, but not like crazy cold. But not crazy cold. The spendthrift phenotype, so they're the ones that are more likely to not get overweight. They get hotter after eating. That all said, there's another little caveat to this, and it's that if you are the type that like your basal metabolic temperature is already kind of at the ceiling, which is 37 degrees Celsius. What is that in Fahrenheit? Is that? So if if your normal basal body temperature is considered the ceiling of normal basal body temperature, which is 37 degrees Celsius or 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit, then you actually probably won't get that much hotter from eating because there's like they call it a ceiling effect. So all of that is to say that it's nuanced and complicated, but if you are the type, and it sounds like Tylora might be this type because she's struggled with being overweight. If you are the type of person that is their body more naturally gravitates towards becoming overweight, it's possible that you're in this thrifty phenotype. And what's interesting is it means that you are probably going to get colder while fasting. And then when you eat, you'll get hotter because there's a higher potential for you to get hotter because you're not hitting that ceiling. So it even further exacerbates feeling colder. I don't know if I'm explaining that correctly because it's like if you're constantly just running at a higher body temperature, you're not going to experience that that big difference between fasting and eating like you would if you're this other phenotype. And as far as the reasoning for it, like why is that happening? The study I was looking at was saying it could be due to a lot of things. It could be genetics. It could be sympathetic nervous system response. So 
I was looking at another study and for example, epinephrine is a hormone that is often released in fasting. It's one of our stress hormones, but it has a lot of benefits like keeping us alert and releasing fat stores. So people who naturally have higher epinephrine levels tend to run at a higher body temperature. So that could be a factor. Prior weight loss attempts. So your history could actually affect how your body responds with its body temperature. I didn't read the link studies for that, but I'm I'm going to assume, don't quote me on this, but I'm going to assume that if you've dieted in the past, that your body might become more, quote, thrifty. Differing levels of physical fitness or individual hormonal responses. Also something like brown adipose tissue could be a factor. So people who have higher amounts of brown adipose fat, they'll actually be warmer when fasting or when cold because one of the purposes of that fat is actually to generate heat. So all of that to say is that, yes, it is completely normal to have a lower body temperature while fasting. It's very different between individuals, and it's possible that as you evolve in your body weight and are making beneficial changes, it's possible that it could change because um, especially with something like brown adipose tissue, for example, that's something that we know we can actually increase with cold exposure. It's one of the reasons I do cryotherapy every single day. And so if you were to build that up, that would help your your response. So that was all over the place. Oh, and then lastly, I think some people, if they are doing fasting and it's too restrictive for their body, I can see how it might, you know, negatively affect their thyroid and they might feel colder from that. So that's something definitely to keep in mind. You might want to monitor your thyroid levels, but all of that to say, and I said this at the very beginning, but a lower body temperature actually is correlated to longevity. So maybe you can reframe it as having some longevity spiking potential. Yep. That's very true. You know, we we talk so much about not wanting to slow our metabolisms, but actually a slower metabolism is linked to longevity. So <laughs> basically, once you get to your happy weight and you like right now, I don't care what my metabolism is because I'm eating in a point that allows me to maintain. So what was in your book about it? Well, I ta- I kept it simple. It was in the frequently asked questions section, and it's like one paragraph. On page 307, I talked about the two just big generalities. First of all, digesting food creates a lot of heat, which keeps us warm and toasty. And also when we're fasting, just like Gloria said, that when we're fasting, our bodies direct blood flow to our fat stores and away from our extremities to mobilize fat for fuel. And so... The having less blood flow to the extremities can make us feel cold. Yeah, now I'm just looking at what I said in my book as well. And it also was very short. I said, I said, you shouldn't feel uncomfortably cold while fasting, though I've personally become a colder person in body, not spirit, since losing body fat from IF. I said, if IF makes you a little chilly, make sure you're eating enough in your fasting window as unintentional under eating may or may not cause issues. Did you, you didn't say fasting window there, did you? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was like, oh, did we just find a typo in your book? Did you say fasting window? Yes, I did. Uh Uh-oh. Typos are everywhere. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that funny? You never noticed it, never would have. Yep. Do not eat more in your fasting window, everybody. (laughs) That's amazing. Well, so if you read that, that's not what that's supposed to say. (laughs) I said to to combat cold, 
consider eating more, fasting less, or eating thermogenic foods such as coconut oil. And then I said, if you can't seem to fix your inner thermostat, consider getting your thyroid checked. I will say when I eat C8 MCT and add that to my food, I get so hot and it lasts throughout the next day. So that might be something to consider trying. When I listened to your audiobook, Jen, I only heard one thing. Do you know what it was? I guess you wouldn't know because you would no. The MTHFR. Oh, did I say it wrong? Yeah, it was like M. It was like the wrong order of the letters. Oh, that's so funny. That was just a tongue twisted. I'm sure I, that was just my mouth saying it wrong. What's funny about it is because I was thinking about it and I was thinking like, like, do you talk about MTHFR much? No. That's what I was thinking. I was like, so people who don't have MTHFR or have never looked into it, you know, they wouldn't like think about the order of the letters. It's just, it's funny that the director didn't notice that me, I said it wrong. I'm sure I didn't have it wrong in the book. I doubt you did. I just said it wrong. Yeah. It is so, you know, you've read audiobooks before. It is so hard to read an audiobook. The, the reason I was thinking about it was I was like, like the only people who are going to notice it are people who have MTHFR because we say MTHFR is like a... Was that in Cleanish or Fast Feast Repeat? Cleanish. I don't think I, yeah, cause I was like, I don't think I mentioned it. And yeah, I didn't hear anything in fast feast repeat. Oh, that's so, oh, well, well, I can't even find it. I don't even know where it, I was looking in the index here of cleanish. I don't even know where it is, <laughs> but yeah, I know I have it in there. I do know what it is, but who knows? I was also sick while I was recording that. I know. I can't believe you did that. It's amazing that any of it is coherent to tell you the truth. I had a fever. It's a lot. I can't believe you recorded the entire audiobook for both. That's, it's a lot. For both of them? Oh, I know. I know. And, you know, I feel like I had to because everybody knows my voice. Or, well, okay, not everybody, but a lot of people who know my voice would be listening. You know, if they're podcast listeners, they're more likely to want the audiobook. <sighs> so I had to do it, but I was happy to do it. I was mainly happy when I was finished. <laughs> I'm so glad I did it. I am not complaining. I've, I've shared this story before, but my publisher made me audition and then they wouldn't even let me do the whole thing, which looking back is just so surreal to me because I feel like I should have narrated it. You totally should have. It doesn't make much sense. I made them put it in my contract because I remembered that from you. Oh, really? Nice. Nice. Yeah. Because I was like, well, what's going in the contract? I know it's a thing though, because I just interviewed Bill. Schindler recently, and he said they made him audition for him as well. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I, I guess it might also just depend on on the publisher and who the team is. But, I mean, it never even was a question because I think, like I said, they know that I have such a big podcast audience, you know, with this one and the other one, that people would expect to hear me. Yeah. Who was your audiobook publisher? Was it also? Macmillan. Okay. Macmillan Audio. They are amazing. Such a good team. Like, so fabulous to work with. I wonder if, because my audiobook publisher was not my, it was not my publisher publisher. It was Tainter Audio. Okay. Which is like a really big audio publisher. So I think, you know, maybe if my audiobook publisher had been my publisher, I feel like it would have gone differently. But it's kind of like they were not outsourcing it, but they, you know, handed it off to this really big publisher. And so then they were just looking at me objectively and were like, you got to audition. Yeah, because your main publishing house was not one of the big giant ones, is it? It was a um, imprint at one of the big ones, but it wasn't. But they didn't have like a, they don't do it there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I guess I'm just lucky that they have Macmillan Audio right in there. Yeah, exactly. So... It's quite a process. The amount of time that it takes to record an audiobook is crazy. 
But I am surprised nobody noticed I said it wrong because the team that was with me recording Cleanish was amazing. They'd be like, you said that a little weird. Would you read that again? I'm guessing none of them like have MTHFR issues. No. That's why I was, like I said, that's why I was thinking you're only going to notice it if you're a person that has gone down the MTHFR rabbit hole because you use the word colloquially as like a phrase compared to just looking at letters. But um, fun times. So we have a question from Sherry. The subject is fasting length. And Sherry says, Hi, Jen and Melanie. I am a faithful listener to this podcast and the ones you each do separately. You guys are so knowledgeable and helpful. I have been intermittent fasting for over a year with a four-hour eating window. I am experiencing so many benefits that this is definitely my life. I know everyone must find their own path, but I was wondering about information on how long someone should fast for to reduce arthritis pain, skin health, and dental health. Jen, on your podcast, Intermittent Fasting Stories, your guest said she had to fast for so many hours to not have pain. I was wondering if you guys were familiar with this. I adore you guys, and you have both found your calling. Thanks in advance. Intermittent Faster for life. Well, thank you, Sherry. And I think Melanie and I would agree that we do believe we've found our calling and we love it. We love the work that we're doing. I know we both do. I'm speaking for you, Melanie, but I knew that was the answer. That is correct. So here's the thing about that question, Sherry. I have heard from so many people that they have had reduced arthritis pain or that their skin has gotten better or that their dental health has improved. But intermittent fasting doesn't, you know, always, you know, quote, fix unquote, those things for everybody. It really just depends on why you have the pain or what what's happening with your skin or what's going on with your dental health. Intermittent fasting addresses inflammation, for example. So anything that's related to increased inflammation, if you do intermittent fasting, you can expect you'll likely see benefits there. But from what I understand, not all arthritis is strictly just because of inflammation. I think there's other things, you know, like your joints can be damaged. It, it might not make any difference at all, depending on the root cause of why you're having that pain. The same thing with skin. Someone in our community yesterday was talking about, she's like, oh, I've been doing intermittent fasting and my, my acne is terrible. It's just not getting any better. And so I asked her, I said, did your acne get worse after fasting or has this always been a problem? She said, no, it's always been a problem. And I said, well, then unfortunately... You know, it just seems like whatever is the cause of your acne is not something that intermittent fasting is correcting. So that doesn't mean that someone else won't have an improvement with acne thanks to intermittent fasting. It's just really just a matter of what your root cause might be. Like perhaps you're having arthritis pain or issues with your skin due to something you're eating that's not working well for your body. You know, intermittent fasting isn't going to correct that. To the fullest. I mean, if you're eating something that doesn't agree with your body, the, the best thing to do would be to take that out. You'd have to do an elimination approach to try to figure out what that might be. You know, dental health, again, that's also really, really complex. And, you know, I've definitely heard from people on the podcast who have an improved dental checkup after doing fasting because you're not eating all, you know, hours of the day anymore. But, you know, it, I still had to have, you know, crowns and dental work done. So, you know, it's kind of like when you, you're doing intermittent fasting, you know it's doing great things in your body, but it isn't going to, you know, necessarily correct every issue that you have had, unfortunately. So we can't say, you know, here's how many hours to fast to not have pain because fasting might not have anything to do with your pain as far as, you know, the underlying cause. It might not correct that underlying cause. 
Yeah, I I thought that was a great answer. It's so, so individual. I will say, I'll just speak briefly to each of them, the skin health, and Jen just touched on this. So my experience with fasting is that it really, really helps my skin. And I will say though, if you are having skin issues, I would really, really look at what you're eating because I think that often really can affect our skin. I know for me, historically, even I went through a period where I was really struggling with psoriasis and I just could not figure it out. And I ended up figuring it out and it was something I was eating. It was lettuce. What? And this was while you were doing fasting? Mm-hmm. Lettuce. Yeah. The reason I figured it out was it was happening on my fingers mostly, but it was also happening on my face. But I put two and two together that I was like chopping lettuce every night. So it's where I was touching it. And then it was also uh, manifesting my face. And when I cut out lettuce, it all went away. So I wonder if it's something that they had sprayed on it. I've been wondering about that. And I'm trying to remember because this was a while ago and I'm trying to remember if I was just eating organic or if I was eating conventional as well. But I really feel for people who struggle with psoriasis um, and and conditions like that. Well, also acne, because I had acne growing up as well. I I identify with you if you have skin issues, because you can feel just so helpless because you just don't know how to make it go away. And I remember when I had the psoriasis, like on my fingers, I was like, because this is when I was doing a lot of acting. So I was always looking at casting calls. And I would see casting calls for like hand models. And I was like, I can never apply for that because I have psoriasis on my hands. Hi, friends. I'm about to tell you how to get an exclusive discount on one of my favorite products for truly upgrading your health on a cellular level. So the new year is upon us. And it's often a time where people are really trying to instill new habits and really upgrade their health. There's something I have been using for years, not just at the new year. Literally every single day of my life, I am not making that up. Even when I travel, I have a way to address it then, which I will tell you about. And it's something that is so easy and feels amazing. That is red light and near infrared therapy. Okay, so friends, you could go somewhere and pay a lot of money to do red light near infrared therapy sessions, or you could just bring it to your home and use it every single day. That's what I do. I've been using Juve red and near infrared light therapy devices for so long. There are so many clinically proven benefits of red light therapy. That includes improving your skin. Yes, you really will notice it. Faster muscle recovery, reduced pain and inflammation, enhanced sleep, and so much more. I use it in the morning and evening as ambient light because it actually mimics the setting and rising sun. And then I sort of run it throughout the day as well to help combat all of the blue light that we're exposed to, which can have a negative effect on our health. Whenever I have muscle pain, I shine Juve on the muscle. For me, it has made the pain go away instantly. And then for chronic pain, when I do continued sessions, it's made it dissipate. One of my good friends who is a doctor uses these devices on his, shall we say, manhood for benefits there. Yes, it can help in that department as well. I honestly 
could not imagine my life without Juve. You will just feel so good using these devices. People also post all the time in our Facebook group of their pets gravitating towards the Juve because intuitively they just know that it's good for them. The reason Juve can address so many things related to health is because it actually affects our cells on the mitochondrial level. Basically, it makes those cells perform better. And when those cells are performing better, everything just works better. That's why, yes, Juve can help with your energy as well. I've been recommending Juve specifically for years because the quality of their devices are the best. Their modular design allows for a variety of setup options to give you flexibility. The treatments are so easy. You can do them in as little as 10 minutes, or you can be using it all throughout the day like I do. All you have to do is relax and let your body take in the light. They also have their Juve Go, which you can travel with. Yes, that is how I really do use this every single day. That Go is also great for targeting specific areas of your body, like hurting joints or sore muscles. Honestly, friends, health doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be complicated. If you're looking to enhance your health and wellness this new year, start with what matters, which is your cells. And Juve has an amazing offer just for our audience. You can go to juve.com slash ifpodcast and use the coupon code ifpodcast to get a discount on your qualifying order. Again, that's j-o-o-v-v.com forward slash ifpodcast to get an exclusive discount on your order. Pick up a Juve today. Some exclusions apply. I really hope you guys can experience Juve. It really is one of my favorite things. And we'll put all this information in the show notes. All right, now back to the show. So I will say, looking at what you're eating can be huge, especially things like acne. I do wonder, I, if I could go back to growing up when I had really bad acne, because I ended up doing Accutane, which did fix my acne problem, but I do wonder going back if I had just done dietary changes, if, you know, if that would have actually resolved the acne. Yeah. Well, I refused to, my boys wanted to take Accutane because they had friends doing it. I'm like, nope, we're not doing that. Oh yeah. And boys, it's even worse, the the side effects. So yeah, we, we didn't do it, but you know, it all resolved, but I didn't have, I mean, I had, you know, zits here and there, but I didn't have what you would consider acne. It wasn't, but both my boys did. It comes from Chad's side of the family. And it was, you know, it was hard for them. It's definitely a struggle. My experience too. And I have, I shared this on the story before, like they put me on birth control first. I think you might've. So I had to be on birth control in order to get on the Accutane because you can't, you, it's like part of the Accutane. So like, I don't, I don't know if it's this way now. I don't know if it's changed. Like it's, it leads to birth defects big time. Yeah. At the time it, I'm really curious if they still do this. You have to do this whole thing. So like Accutane has the company has this whole, like you have to get a workbook. (laughs) You have to like take online quizzes. You had to um, be on birth control. You had to do all of this stuff. So yeah, I think I've shared this before, but basically, so I had to go on birth control for like a certain amount of time, like a long time, like a month or something. We went in to actually get the Accutane because I qualify now because I've been on birth control for so long. The dermatologist was like, oh, well, I think the birth control is making enough of a difference, so I'm not going to prescribe it. And I just started bawling in the room. (laughs) And it's just, it's really, it's frustrating to look back because I don't, I shouldn't have been on birth control when I was 16. I don't know. I just, so all of that to say, oh, that's also when I realized when I went on birth control, I didn't change anything that I can see in my diet. But if you look at my pictures in high school, I, I probably gained, again, I was never like overweight, but I definitely gained probably 
I mean, a substantial amount in a very short amount of time. And I really think that that was the birth control. But I also wonder, since you did it for like a month and then you started the Accutane, I wonder if the Accutane like affected your gut somehow. Mm, Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Because you didn't do the birth control by itself very long. Yeah. Well, did I stay on it? On the birth control or the Accutane? I feel like they would make you take them both at the same time. Well, so what ended up happening was we'd gone to that one dermatologist, and when she said no, and I was crying, and we went home, we knew another dermatologist that was out of our network. The reason we'd gone to her was she was in network. We knew our friend's dermatologist would prescribe it without birth control, so we went to her. She just trusted that you were not sexually active. On her system. So all of that to say... What I have learned from my journey and my experience is that the food that you're eating has a major effect on your skin health. Also, just if you want to support skin health in general, red light therapy can be super amazing. Oh, and we should have talked about this earlier because I think Juve is actually sponsoring today's episode. Oh, that's funny. I know. I I did not even realize that. So listen to the spot for Juve because their red light therapy devices are amazing. I think our link is juve.com slash ifpodcast, and I think ifpodcast gets you a code. That's something I would use daily for skin health. I do, personally. And then I just want to talk really briefly to the other things, which was the arthritis. Yes, I'm glad Jen talked about that, that there can be a lot of causes for that. I will do a plug for my serapeptase because there actually is clinical studies on it, reducing arthritis pain. So that might be something that you could use to amplify your fast and maybe help with that. And then dental health. I'm so excited about this. I connected with a company called Bristle recently. I will find out if I can, I I think I'm going to have a code for them, but they actually do an oral microbiome test, which is so exciting. Have you done one of those, Jen, or have you? I have not done an oral microbiome test. I actually have an oral hygiene company that sponsors intermittent fasting stories, and they are big in the oral microbiome as far as like, you don't want to kill your oral microbiome. And I was like, I had no idea, you know, all the mouthwashes that you use and swish around that you're killing the good guys too. And I'm like, I was like, mind blown. I never thought of that. (laughs) So I switched to my toothpaste. Um, Lumino is the brand name. I've been thinking about that for a really, really long time. And it's really interesting because it's kind of like how the gut microbiome was a new frontier. And it's only relatively pretty recent that exploration of the gut microbiome has sort of become so exploded. Yeah. Once they could sequence what was in there and figure it out, they, they used to didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the next wave will be the oral microbiome. And there's actually new theories that a lot of gut issues and such might actually, the root cause might not always be completely in the gut. It could be your oral microbiome. Well, the whole thing is really, you know, from mouth to hiney (laughs) is just, it's like, you know, like, like kind of a a tube that just goes straight through you kind of. So and everything along the way from mouth to backside. And I actually just got an email today saying that my my results will be were, were received. It was super easy to do. You just spit saliva into this little tube thing and send it back. That does sound interesting. If you want to try it, I can connect you with them. I'm sure they would send you one. I actually heard someone talk about your digestive system is actually being on the outside of your body. Have you heard that? Mhm. Yeah. It, it's like you're like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> Yeah, because you're putting stuff, it's like all, you know, and obviously stuff goes in and out through, but stuff goes in and out through your skin as well, just the same way, you know, so 
So it's like, if you think about it. You're like a hose pipe, a tube. Yeah. Like if you have a box and then you put a tube from one side of the box to the other side of the box, like into the box, like a hollow tube. The interior of it is not in the box. It goes through the box. Yeah. So our digestive system goes through us. And stuff goes in and out of it into our bodies. Just like I said, stuff goes in and out of our skin. But and that was kind of mind-blowing. I'm like, what? Yeah, I've been I've been pondering that concept. I have not received my code, my discount code from them yet, but I'm I'll put it in the show notes and I, I will try to make it Melanie Avalon. So if you go to bristlehealth.com, so that's B-R-I-S-T-L-E health.com, that's where you can get that system. And again, I don't have the code yet, but I'm going to email them right after this. And I will try to make the code Melanie Avalon, but you can check the show notes to confirm that. And the show notes will be at ifpodcast.com slash episode 261. Okay. So that was wonderful. A few other things for listeners before we go. If you would like to submit your own questions for the show, you can directly email questions at ifpodcast.com or you can go to ifpodcast.com and you can submit questions there. You can follow us on Instagram. I am Melanie Avalon, Jen is Jen Stevens. And yes, you can get all of these stuff that we like at ifpodcast.com slash stuff we like. Awesome. Okay. I think that is all the things. Anything from you, Jen, before we go? No, I think that's it. Okie dokie. Well, this was wonderful and I will talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember, everything we discussed on this show does not constitute medical advice. We're not doctors. If you enjoyed the show, please consider writing a review on iTunes. We couldn't do this without our amazing team. Administration by Sharon Merriman. Editing by Podcast Doctors. Show notes and artwork by Brianna Joyner. Transcripts by Speech Docs. Theme music by Leland Cox. See you next week.